0: Sunshine, 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 Whoa. shining a light on Illinois state government. Good morning. It is full disclosure with the Better Government Association with your host, Trent R. Nelson. Such a pleasure, as always, with our lovely guest, David Greising, the CEO and President of the Better Government Association. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Trent. How are you? Doing well. I hope you are too. Well, we appreciate that very much, sir. And we will jump right into it as you are a very busy gentleman. Let us begin speaking about a case that really highlights the continuing and ongoing struggles at the Illinois DCFS. What can you tell us about Peoria case that has gotten a lot of attention recently? Well, there was
1: a guilty verdict in a case of um, the death of Navin Jones, an eight-year-old boy who died of severe malnutrition and abuse in 2022. His father, Brandon Walker of Peoria, was found guilty of murder and faces life in prison as a result. What's notable about this case vis-a-vis the Department of Children and Family Services is that a DCFS investigator visited the home several times and including just a few weeks before this unfortunate death. And according to the testimony of the trial, this investigator did not believe she had the authority to remove the boy from his parents' home as close to the death as about a month beforehand. And there have been numerous problems with the department that we and others have been reporting about. And this case kind of stands out as one of the most troubling in its recent history.
0: Absolutely. It it feels like every month we down here in Springfield hear about another case that kind of shines a light on the unfortunate circumstances that are seemingly pervasive in the DCFS right now? Certainly unfortunate. Speaking of this, we understand that Governor Pritzker recently noted that he wanted to reform the DCFS. What can you tell us about that, if anything, sir?
1: Well, clearly sort of a top-to-bottom reform of that organization is needed. As I mentioned, this is not a single case. It's part of a pattern of negligence on the part of the agency And Governor Pritzker is well aware of the problems and not just what we, Illinois Answers Project, have published, but in January, the inspector general published a report that found that there were 171 child deaths involving DCFS in fiscal year 22. That's the year that young Navin died. And so Mark Smith, the director of the agency this fall, announced he'd be leaving his position at the end of the year. And perhaps with new leadership, we will see some improvement. But if that happens, it's long overdue. And this is an agency that just needs a lot of really a top to bottom overhaul.
0: Top to bottom overhaul is necessary, as you noted, nearly 200 deaths in fiscal year 2022. Uh, that is Simply outrageous, and the folks of the state should be frustrated. Everyone should be frustrated. We thank the Illinois Answers Project for their work. And we have to continue on, sir, because there is so much to discuss, including new policy that the Secretary of State is trying out with the Cook County Sheriff's Office. What can you tell us about this pilot program that will hopefully give? individuals leaving incarceration, a better shot at making it positively into the future?
1: Well, studies have shown that many people who wind up in jail don't even have legitimate identification. They may not have a driver's license or even a state ID. And in order to get out and back into the job market, it's necessary to be able to identify yourself. And Secretary of State Alexi Janoulias and Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart have announced they're piloting a program that may be the first in the nation at which identification will be provided to inmates at the county jail level. There are precedents for this at the federal level. The federal prison system does some ID programs. The county jail level, whether it's Cook County or other counties, the idea of County jails is people aren't supposed to spend much time there. They they tend to be incarcerated while waiting trial. But the history shows that you know in Cook County system they're often in jail for a year or more. Sadly, bail reform is meant to reduce some of those times. But nevertheless, getting IDs for these people is really an important part of this move toward allowing people who have run into the law and and are perhaps even in the legal system, to help them get rehabilitated, get jobs, because a lack of job, lack of employment is a, a proximate cause of illegal conduct. So this is an experiment. It's a pilot program. We don't know if it'll be effective or not, but it, it's quite interesting and in being the person in Asian, uh, rather newsworthy.
0: Absolutely newsworthy and certainly newsworthy in our part of the state as well as innovations at any part of the state could eventually spread to our own. And this is a positive thing that we are, as you noted, sir, looking to rehabilitate instead of merely punish in ways that do not always reform the root causes, as you noted. Now, we have so much more to discuss But we're going to take a quick break here, full disclosure, with the Better Government Association. This is your host, Trent R. Nelson, here speaking with David Greising. We'll be right back. Shining a light on Illinois state government. Welcome back. This is full disclosure with the Better Government Association. This is your host, Trent R. Nelson, here with the president and CEO of the Better Government Association, David Greising. And So far, we have gotten to the Illinois DCFS, the story of young Navin Jones, as well as uh, so many others. We spoke about Secretary of State Janulius's new pilot innovation with the Cook County Sheriff's Office. But we have more to discuss before we let Mr. Greising go. What can you tell us, sir, about a move that the Illinois state government was attempting to make concerning anti-abortion clinics accused of deceiving women seeking abortions.
1: Right. The uh, Pritzker administration has said it will not move forward with enforcement of a law that sought to ban sort of fake abortion clinics from misleading patients who are seeking abortion. These so-called limited practice facilities set up in the proximity of abortion clinics and lured women into them, and then seek to persuade them not to obtain abortions. And a federal judge temporarily blocked implementation of this law, wrote an opinion calling it both stupid and very likely unconstitutional. And the Pittsburgh administration has said that they will not now continue to enforce this law, and instead, Illinois Attorney General Kwame Royle will look at other options using the Consumer Fraud and Deceptive Business Practices Act to move forward with protecting the right of people to know what they're getting into when they deal with one of these phony abortion clinics. Rowe's office is permanently enjoined from enforcing the law, so he's making the best out of of a situation that no doubt is disappointing to him given his politics. But the groups that brought this lawsuit claim it's a free speech issue, they claim that these clinics they have the right to put up the advertising that they put up. They obviously made a case that persuaded the federal judge, and this is the state of affairs we're dealing with now.
0: Fascinating story. Fascinating how the story has evolved. We've, of course, been covering it down here since the bill was still cooking in the General Assembly. Fascinating to note, as you just said, though, sir, that the Attorney General Raul is looking into different consumer protection bits to be implemented.
1: Right, and Governor Pritzker characterized their speech as disinformation and misinformation, which sometimes falls short of outright lies, but certainly is misleading. And it would appear that the consumer protection laws in the state of Illinois would guard against that kind of activity.
0: I believe the word generally used is fib. I believe, I believe that is the word <laughs> that is often used. But we will move on, right. sir. Lots to cover there, and we look forward to covering it more with you. Now, talk to us about solar power, sir. The sun is always out and shining, and from what I understand, there are some state incentives uh, that people might be able to look into. And there's some positive things concerning that, sir. What can you tell us?
1: Well, we're starting to see whether it's these unusually warm winters that we're dealing with or the tax incentives, the 30% tax credit from the state's 2021 climate law. People are installing solar at record rate. 170 megawatts of power was added in the first three quarters of the year, according to the Solar Energy Industries Association. The, the industry. Um, group, and, and they funded some research by the Wood Mackenzie, the consultancy, that 170 megawatts compares to 125 megawatts in all of 2022. And so it's unclear how much additional power would have been added during the fourth quarter of this year, but it's quite clear that this is becoming popular. 12,600 residential rooftop solar systems were connected to the Commonwealth Edison grid in northern Illinois in the first 11 months of this year. That's up from about 10,400 in all of 22. And really, to see how far we've come, just 98 uh, 10 years ago in 2013. So, Amarin, also downstate, I believe that's your service area would be Amarin. Yeah. They're seeing pickup as well, about 7,000 uh, rooftop systems connected uh, in the period in which this information was collected. That's about triple the number for all of 2022. Wow. So this is catching on, and um, it's starting to have a real impact and also providing power to Comet and reducing its need to, or to Ameren downstate, reducing their need to produce power through a variety of plants, including coal-fired plants, which uh, contribute so much to global climate change.
0: Absolutely. You, Shirley, know about our struggles down here with our Dalman power plant our coal power plant there is city ordinances looking to move that towards perhaps natural gas or some cleaner energy still there are plans to tear parts of it down there's a lot and of course as you noted sir with the more people getting solar panels the less we have to depend on fossil fuels and non-renewable resources, which is a boon for humanity in so many ways. And we look forward to seeing how the greater community of Illinois continues to embrace this. And of course, it does not hurt to have some incentives for that purpose. And so finally, sir, before we let you go again, we appreciate Dave Grising. We appreciate you hanging out with us Today, for full disclosure with the Better Government Association. This is your host, Trent Nelson. A story that we actually were speaking about earlier today on our news coverage. Uh, The president of the state, NAACP, Teresa Haley, uh, is facing some pressure after some comments that she made. What can you tell us? about the state of this particular circumstance? sir.
1: Well, if I'm I'm not mistaken, I think she is president of the Springfield branch of the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And in a videotaped meeting, she said some some things that are quite outrageous, I think by any measure, uh, referring to migrants as savages and accusing them of rape. This is prompted, calls for her to resign. One of the board members, a person by the name of Patrick Watson, has resigned uh, from the board in protest of what Ms. Haley said. And there has been tension between the black community and the Latino community over the migrant surge that we've seen with these buses shipped up from Texas. And we've had up here in Chicago, we've had a bit of concern about people who have lived here for many years feeling like the migrants are getting all this attention, all these resources are being driven toward the migrants, when people living here for years under difficult conditions are not getting the kinds of supports they need. That's a fair question. That's a fair policy debate. But language like this is really unpardonable, and it's not surprising that people are calling on Ms. Haley to give up her
0: No, it is absolutely not surprising at all, sir. And as you noted, language such as was used is simply not acceptable when anyone uses it, let alone an individual in a position of power and influence. And to double back on something else you said, sir, there is certainly tension between groups vying for resources always. But we have to learn that it is not a zero-sum game. We do not have to give up giving resources to people that need it to receive them ourselves. We simply need to delegate our resources more amicably and equitably and effectively.
1: For sure. And um, calling people predators, rapists, that kind of rhetoric to group a whole group of people just plays to sort of the worst instincts and racism in our community and in our society. And um, it's very disappointing to see somebody working for an organization like the NAACP that has embraced the notion of equity in society and recognition of people of color as as a group who who do need attention and support, et cetera. To see that kind of rhetoric from somebody in that role is, is just It's amazing and very, very disappointing.
0: Absolutely, sir. And it's a lesson to us all that everyone can sometimes fall to their worst intentions and biases, and we should all work to do better each day to overcome these feelings. Now, sir, thank you so much, as always, for joining us. David Greising, the president and CEO of the Better Government Association, here with us on Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. This is your host, Trent Nelson. Sir, again, thank you so much. And we will not be speaking until the new year. So I hope that your holiday season is holly jolly positive and that the new year brings you all of the great joy that you deserve.
1: You too, Trent. Have a great uh, holiday season and to your listeners as well. And look forward to talking to you early next year.
0: Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Shining a light on... On Illinois State Government, this is full disclosure with the Better Government Association. Speaking with the president and CEO of that organization, David Greising, this is your host, Trent R. Nelson. And we hope that your holiday season is full of love and learning. That's an important one. And we look forward to having a good time with you all next year.